0: Welcome to another episode of the Secular Buddhism Podcast. This is episode number 55. I am your host, Noah Rochetta, and today I'm talking about the four foundations of mindfulness. As you may know, mindfulness is one of the most basic practices of Buddhism. It's one of the spokes of the Eightfold Path. I talked about the Eightfold Path a little bit in episode number 41, Life on the Buddhist Path. And mindfulness in general is just a really hot topic right now. I believe it was Time Magazine not long ago that had a cover that said, Mindfulness has gone mainstream. A lot of people are interested in mindfulness, and although many of them may not be interested at all in any of the other aspects of Buddhist practice, Mindfulness practice is starting to overlap a lot with therapeutic practices that you see in psychology. And while many people associate mindfulness with meditation, there's really a lot more to it than just meditation. In fact, the Buddha taught that we should practice mindfulness at all times, not just while meditating. And the reason mindfulness is such a skillful practice is because through mindfulness, through awareness, we can learn to perceive the nature of reality, the nature of things being interdependent and impermanent. And to see reality in this proper perspective helps us to cut through delusions and unhealthy attachments or clinging. So mindfulness as a practice goes beyond just paying close attention to things. It's a form of pure awareness of reality just as it is. Awareness without judgments or concepts. To see reality through this mindful lens, it takes practice, and it takes resolve, and it takes effort, and all of the other spokes of the Eightfold Path. So the four foundations I want to discuss in this episode, these are frames of reference, usually looked at one at a time or practiced one foundation at a time. And you'll start with mindfulness of the breath. And you end up with, essentially, mindfulness of all things, or mindfulness of everything. So these four foundations are taught in the context of meditation, but they can help with other practices, too. So I want to discuss these a little bit. The first one is mindfulness of body. The foundation, this foundation centers on the experience of the body. This is an awareness of the body as body, something experienced as breath as flesh and bone in other words it's not my body you know think about the aspects of the body that you don't control if this really were my body uh, and I'm at at the helm so to speak then why can't I will myself to just sleep or to wake up you know I sleep when I'm tired and I wake up when I'm not tired Uh, why can't I control my heart rate why can't I speed up my metabolism just out of sheer will you know why don't Why can't I control my body temperature? This reminds me of what Alan Watts used to say that we are a do happening. And I think I've talked about this before. So we no longer view the body as a form that we are inhabiting, we just view it as an experience we're having. The body is just the body in the same way that my hand is just my hand. And yet there's a lot going on, you know, in the inner workings of my hand with blood flowing and. Uh, oxygen going to the tissues and all of those things. So that's how we start to see the body. We we start to have mindfulness of the body as just the body. Now, most mindfulness exercises focus on the breath as the foundation of body. This is learning to experience breathing and observing the breathing as a thing that's just happening and not as a thing I control. So it's it's not about thinking about the breath or coming up with ideas or concepts about the breath, we just observe and we watch this process that's happening to us. The idea is that as the ability to maintain awareness of our breathing gets stronger, we become more aware of the whole body as a thing that's just happening. So think about it. Right now, there are incredible processes happening with your body and they are outside of our sphere of awareness. For example, hair is growing, cells are dying and being replaced by new cells, Uh, blood is flowing, oxygen is being carried into muscles and tissue, carbon dioxide is being removed from the tissues. Uh, There are electrical signals right now firing off in your brain, causing you to think, think certain things. There are chemicals that are released that cause you to feel certain ways. You know, there's a lot happening, and it gives us the impression of doing Um, but there's not, there's no doing without the happening first. This is kind of what Alan Watts was referring to. There's no doing without the happening and there's no happening without the doing. So it's absolutely incredible when you sit and you observe what is happening in your body right now, what is happening with your body. Now in some schools of Buddhism, this form of awareness includes movement Walking meditation, chanting, uh, even rituals, these are all opportunities to be mindful of the body as it moves, as it makes sounds. This practice helps us to be more mindful uh, even when we're not meditating. And I think many schools of martial arts emerged from this kind of thinking, this uh, practice of bringing meditative focus to body movement. So many of our day-to-day activities can be used as body awareness practice. So that's the first foundation is uh, mindfulness of the body. So we learn to just observe what is this body doing? What is happening? You know, is that the doing influenced by the happening and the happening is influencing the doing? It's a really neat way to think about it. Next, the second foundation is mindfulness of feelings. And this includes both physical and mental experiences or sensations. In meditation, we learn to become observers of the feelings and the sensations as they arise. They come and go, they arise, they linger, they go away, or they get replaced by other thoughts or feelings. And we learn to just observe them without any judgments, without identifying with them. This is why we often say, I'm feeling tired, as opposed to, I am tired. Now, I get that, you know, in our society and in our way of speaking English, we do say things like I'm tired, but uh, tired isn't something you can be. It's something that you feel, right? It's more appropriate to say I'm feeling tired because these are not my feelings. They're just feelings, feelings I'm having, feelings I'm experiencing. And for example, when I feel an itch, you know, I don't say my itch. Uh, I think, oh, my nose has an itch and I can either scratch it or I don't, but there's no identifying with the itch but with feelings other feelings that we have we tend to make that mistake of identifying with the feeling remember there are just feelings learning to observe our feelings can sometimes be uncomfortable i get that you know the feelings that come up when we're just observing they can they can surprise us Uh, we seem to have this incredible ability as humans to ignore our own feelings especially negative ones, feelings like anxiety or anger. They can be there almost dormant and we're not aware of them until we sit and we start looking. It's like they jump out at us and they're like, surprise, I'm here. I've been here this whole time. Didn't you know? Um, So ignoring the feelings or the sensations that we don't like, that's unhealthy. We don't want to do that. So this second foundation of mindfulness is about learning to observe and fully acknowledge our feelings. We also um, see how feelings dissipate because feelings, like all other things, they're impermanent. Through mindfulness of feelings, uh, we become aware of the feeling tones that we experience, the pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral feelings that we associate with everything. And notice how our mental and physical sensory experiences all have this tone. We either experience these things to be pleasant or unpleasant or neutral. And it's through observation that you can become really skilled at identifying these tones in your ongoing experiences. And this will make more sense in the third foundation, the mindfulness of mind. So this third foundation, this is, uh, like I said, mindfulness of mind or consciousness. Uh, This foundation uh, concerns watching one's general mental state. In other words, the awareness of our feelings leads to an awareness of our mind. Without awareness or mindfulness, unseen pleasant feelings tend to lead to craving. Unseen unpleasant feelings tend to lead to aversion or hatred. And unseen neutral feelings uh, generally lead to ignorance. These are the three poisons that we often talk about in Buddhist practice, Uh, the poisons of Uh, clinging or desire aversion or hatred and ignorance or delusion so understanding this correlation of the feeling tones the mindfulness of our feelings uh, helps us to see how uh, mindfulness being aware can serve as the tool that breaks us free from the habitual reactivity we have to our feelings so it's skillful to know i am experiencing a mental state of clinging you know, am I experiencing a mental state of hatred? Is my mental state focused uh, focused right now or is it scatterbrained? Um, you know, having an understanding of what mental state I'm in gives me a lot of power over uh, understanding whether or not what I'm about to say or do is skillful or not. Um, so this is what it means to be mindful of the mind. What overall mental state am I experiencing? I mean, imagine for a moment being able to have more control over our words and actions simply because of the awareness that we have of our mental state. You know, I may be able to pause and I, and I can refrain from saying something or doing something that I'm going to regret later because I know my current mental state. And I know that my current mental state is not appropriate for what I'm about to say or do. You know, There's real power in having a keen awareness of our mental states. We all know somebody, so many people say or do things that they later, later regret once they're in another state of mind uh, that maybe at that point is more skillful or more healthy. So this is the ability to recognize in the moment, what kind of a mental state am I in? I'm aware of what it is. Another way of thinking of this foundation is um, mindfulness of mental states, You know, mindfulness of mind or mindfulness of mental states states. Uh, like sensations or feelings, our states of mind also come and go. You know, Sometimes we're sleepy, and then sometimes we're restless, sometimes we're lazy, sometimes we're highly motivated. Uh, we can learn to observe our mental states in the same way that we observe our feelings, without judgment, without opinion, and we learn to see them come and go, and we start to understand just how insubstantial they are. And this is when they no longer have uh, such a sense of power over us. We can be experiencing a mental state and we just observe it, but we we don't have to get hung up and uh, reactive while we're in that mental state. This is where there's real power. So then that takes us to the fourth foundation of mindfulness, which is uh, mindfulness of physical and mental processes. This is also sometimes referred to as the mindfulness of, of everything or the mindfulness of all things. And the idea is that this stage integrates the previous three stages. So this is where we begin to observe the totality of all the physical and mental processes that are taking place. It's in this stage that we begin to observe the interplay of all things, both physical and mental, that are taking place in, in me right now. This is where where I begin to notice and I observe um my world, the world, but really my world, right? Uh, because we all live in our own worlds. Uh, our world, my world is influenced by the ideas I have, the beliefs or the non-beliefs, the memories, um, and many, many more things. But these are all unique to me. This is this creates my world. So it's in this foundation of mindfulness that we we open ourselves to the whole world, at least the world that we experience, and this is where we begin to see and experience things as they are. Uh, things are what they are because of how we recognize them. Uh, in other words, the, the observer and the object being observed cannot be separated, right? What I observe, I observe because of the observer, which is me, influenced by all of these things, like my ideas and beliefs, etc. So it's in this foundation of mindfulness that we start to learn to see things in a deeper sense as interconnected things. Uh, this is because that is. I no longer see the separation of this and that. Um, we start to see and, and understand the interdependent and the impermanent nature of all things. So we, we start to become more mindful of the fact that there really is no independent self. You know, We are conditioned by everything else. I am because everything else is, Uh, and there's no separation there, and the very world that I perceive as my own, my ideas, my opinions, my concepts, my beliefs, these are all conditioned by everything else. You know, I get them from either my society or my family or religion, um, but it doesn't stop there. They, they all have causes and conditions and the causes and conditions also have causes and conditions and that goes on and on and on. So by developing the four foundations of mindfulness, we start to remove the conceptual construct until the goal is eventually to just see things as they are. And this is the very liberation that we talk about as the term enlightenment, You know, the ability to see things as they really are meaning interdependent and impermanent. There's uh, What I love about this is there's nothing mystical or woo-woo about any of this stuff. These are all concepts that we can apply and practice to have a much more skillful way of interacting with reality. I think we spend so much of our lives arguing against reality, wanting the world to be the way we think it should be, rather than spending time observing it and learning to see it as it is. Um, And this... Exercise, these exercises, these foundations of mindfulness allow us to see clearly, to have a direct way of seeing, to become free or liberated from our conceptual conditioning. And it's an incredible way of being with reality. And imagine no longer being caught up in the mental games that cause us so much of our unnecessary suffering. That's the goal of practicing the four foundations of mindfulness to be able to learn to start to see clearly, see reality as it really is. So I would invite you as a challenge for this week to try to practice the four foundations of mindfulness, mindfulness of body, uh, mindfulness of feelings, mindfulness of mind or your state of mind, and then mindfulness of the physical and mental processes. In other words, the totality of everything that's happening, mindfulness of my world, the way I am experiencing my world. And you can do this in parts, you know, one day try practicing, just observing your breath and and see if you can notice that slight, uh, shift between I'm controlling the breathing or the breathing is something that's happening. It's happening whether I do anything or not. You know, we experience this when we sleep. We're not, we're not controlling it, um, so that's one way with the, with the body, mindfulness of body, or just to sit and think about all the processes taking place. Then with mindfulness of feelings, try to observe your feelings and notice what you feel and see if you can notice what's behind it, the causes and conditions. But, but don't make um, judgments of the feelings. This one's a good one, that one's a bad one. Just observe them. It's just what's there. A feeling is just a feeling. And then you do this with your overall mental state. How am I feeling right now? What kind of mental state am I experiencing? Don't identify with it. Don't say I am scatterbrained or I am whatever it is. Um, just recognize, oh, the, my mind is scattered right now. I've got a lot of thoughts or you know, my mind is really focused. Whatever it is, just observe the mental state that you're in. And by understanding the mental state that you're in, then you kind of connect all three of these and you start to observe The mindfulness of all the physical and mental processes the mindfulness of all things as i relate them to the experience of um of here and now here i am this is my world this is what i'm perceiving um you know what is the mindfulness i that i can experience with that when i observe all of that in connection with the other three hopefully that makes some sense now keep in mind like all of these topics these are typically um, ideas or concepts that can be uh, explored and looked at very deeply or practiced for years and years and years before um, there can be a, a really powerful breakthrough. Now, that's not to say um, you know there could be a, a, a breakthrough that happens just in the shift of understanding of these things. Um, but these are things that we work with. These are things that we practice. Um, So try practicing these. If you want to learn more about these specific ideas, these teachings come from the uh, Satipatthana Sutta. Um, That is one of the many, many discourses or teachings that is attributed to the Buddha. And the translation that I enjoy reading is a book called In the Buddha's Words, an anthology of discourses from the Pali canon by an author named Bhikkhu Bodhi. Um, So you can check that out if you want to read or learn more about these ideas, if you want to delve into them a little bit deeper. uh, There's so much to it. This is kind of the condensed, explained um, version of it for uh, secular-minded or Western-minded people like me, Um, and, and probably like you if you're listening to this. So that's all I have for this specific topic. I think I'd like to address some of the things discussed here in a little more, um, uh, detail in a future podcast episode, uh, specifically the, the concept of, of our perceptions, the way that we perceive in Buddhism, there's this teaching of the five skandhas. These are the five things that make up, um, the individual. In other words, you are who you are because of all these things, um, and that understanding that, uh, affects the way that I understand the way I perceive things too. So, uh, I think that would be a really helpful topic and maybe I'll, I'll make that the topic of the next podcast episode. So you could kind of view this as a part one and the next one as a part two, and then we'll, we'll see where we go from there. And I'll have that one ready for you next week. Um, and that's all I have. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, Please feel free to share it with others, write a review, give it a rating in iTunes. Uh, If you want to join our online community, visit secularbuddhism.com forward slash community. We have an ongoing Sunday weekly group now that gets together Sunday mornings at 8am Mountain Standard Time, uh, and that's accessible through a platform called Zoom, which is a lot like Skype. But you can get more information on that if you just go to secularbuddhism.com forward slash community. We also have our Facebook group and other uh, resources there that you can find on that link. If you would like to make a donation to support the work that I'm doing with this podcast, please visit secularbuddhism.com and click on the donate button. And as always, I'm uh, very grateful for the donations that are coming in. Having the, um, the, the resources through the donations to be able to um, have a better microphone, to have a little office where I record these sessions. All of that has been extremely helpful, and I'm excited for more interviews that I have lined up that I think you guys are really going to enjoy, and I'll be uh, adding those topics and those interviews interspersed between normal podcast episodes like I have in the past. So that's all I have for now, but I look forward to recording another podcast episode soon. Thank you for listening and until next time.